All right, all right. Welcome to the Deer Gear Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in this Friday. Happy New Year, everyone. It's 2024, and we're starting off the year with a podcast from Tony Sangelosi, uh, drawn archery bowstring owner, great friend of mine. We recorded this podcast a couple weeks ago, and we lost the audio, so I apologize for that. We did put in a replacement episode for that, just basically telling the story of my late season buck. But in this podcast, Tony has a buck story to tell himself. So we're going to talk all about his season and we're going to talk about some gear, what we liked, what we added new for the 2023 season. And we talk a little bit about just dialing in the setup. Before we get into that podcast next week, we have a huge announcement from Exodus. We are releasing a new cell camera. So Make sure you are signed up for the email newsletter and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow along on social media for the live stream January 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern. We're dropping a bomb. So new cell camera built off of our best selling product ever. Join us January 10th at 7 p.m. Eastern time live for the release. We're going to have a live Q&A. We are going to talk about the new product. Also, big announcement, guys. We're hiring. Exodus is hiring. So please go to the website, exodusoutdoorgear.com. Scroll down to employment opportunities and see what we have going on. 2024 is going to be the biggest year anyone has ever seen out of Exodus. And it's a really great time to join the team. It's a great work environment, great place to work. Everyone here has the same passion that all of you listening do. Head to the website, put it in a resume. Anyway, folks, with that being said, let's get into the podcast with Tony Sangelosi. Yes, let it rip. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Deer Gear podcast episode number, I don't know. Uh, I've done a lot of these. And we did a bunch of uh, breaks and stuff, so I really don't know where we're at. But I do know this is take two of this episode. And I have um, previous guests, I think you were on like once before, Mr. Tony Sangelosi. Tony, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me on for the second time. I appreciate it. (laughs) Not a problem. Uh, Every time Tony's here, he acts like he's never been on here before. So, Um, But every time that you are on here, it's a good episode. And we had recorded uh what was it two weeks ago yeah right right around christmas and you know i left here thinking this was the best podcast i've ever been on ever been a part of ever done in my entire life and then uh i got the call that the uh, audio didn't work yeah so i went to edit the podcast and i like opened up the folder and stuff and there's a folder created like we did record yeah i was here put it in the software nothing so I was really bummed because I left the conversation the same way. I was like, man, that was fun. We got through a lot of stuff. Yeah. And we lost it all. Yeah. So I apologize to everyone because take two is never as good. But at least we had like a two-week break. Yeah. But what's ruined is there was things in that story that you told because you have a story to tell that I didn't know. Mm. And like I heard it for the first time and I was like, oh, man. And now you know. Yeah. And you've already told the story before, so you're going to be less excited about it. Oh. I have a story to tell. Ooh, you I've stole it. I, I've stole it. I've told it a few times now too, and it's like every time I'm like I leave details out or add. I don't think I'll add anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll add anything to this. But anyway, um, 
I am excited to talk to you. Before we get into the stories that we have to tell, there's a, a few things that I want to cover in this, but um, the since the last time we talked, a lot of stuff has changed with you. Um, drawn archery bowstrings, we kind of did the reveal yeah. on the Deer Gear podcast. We did. But how's it been since? Yeah, so it was like, uh, the best way I can describe it is like a flipping on a light switch. I feel like that was we we talked about it before on the on the podcast about this kind of being the missing link and hey maybe it was just because it was state specific you know the logo was the state um the whole you know rivalries for teams and things like that but I'll tell you what our launch was flawless uh we had a ton of orders come in and we have been we have not slowed down since um even during the holidays so um, you know, I've, as always, you know, and I tell you every time I'm on here, how many messages that I get, um, from your listeners, either one, you know, asking questions about their own strings, even if they're not buying some, you know, Hey, do I need new strings or Hey, what's wrong with this or what's wrong with that? Um, which I absolutely love, you know, so message us anytime, but just the amount of support of, Hey, I heard you on the deer gear podcast, looking to get some strings. So, you know, thank you for everybody who's, uh, reached out to us. We really, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, thank you for allowing us to uh, have our strings on your bow. Yeah, absolutely. I love them. Um, <clears throat> but before we get too far into the strings, for those that may, this might be the first time they're hearing about you, tell them a little bit about yourself and Drawn Archery. Sure, sure. So my name's Tony Sangelosi. I am the uh, owner of Drawn Archery from Northeast Ohio, Youngstown specifically, and I'm um, just a bow hunter. Uh, I'm just a, uh, a guy who is obsessed with uh, whitetail and uh, bow hunting specifically, anything that has to do with my bow. And um, yeah, we're a string builder, uh, local custom string builder that, uh, you know, I build every single set by hand, um, ship, package everything ourselves. And uh, yeah, drawnarchery.co if you have any questions. There's um, There's something a little bit different that you do that's not exclusive to you, sure. but um, you use a different material. You have an option for a different material, yeah. and that material is my opinion, my uneducated opinion, the bowstring material made for bow hunters, Sure, and I love it. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'll kind of talk about both. So we, we when we opened this business, um, you know, we've been a consumer of bow hunting products since forever. And it always, I understand why, like I get why businesses offer a entry level product. I get it. But even in my nine to five job, we offer a entry level product. And guess what all the complaints come from? That product. That product. So I, I said, you know what, if I get a chance to do this, we're going to offer the best. And hey, it's not for everybody cost wise. Like I understand some can't afford, but we do offer you know, those shop payments or whatever it's called on our website. So you can break the payments up if you wanted to. But we're going to offer the best of both materials. And in our opinion, it's the 452X um, from BCY. And then newly this year, we started building uh, the Bloodline material, which I tested for the last eight months, um, which you were a part of. And uh, the material was just, just did such, it held up to all the elements, no fraying, um, you know, I talked to you this year from the time that you had them on till now. You haven't had to time your bow one time. Uh, just a really stable material. Uh, for me, 
they're they're a pain in the butt to build because the material is a little slippery. It's waxless. Um, yeah, it's one hundred percent waxless. Uh, but the coating that they put on uh, makes the material a little slippery, so it's just harder to serve, takes a little longer to lay up. But the end result is just, I mean, I can tell you our, our orders are probably, when it started, it was 90% BCY, 10% bloodline, and now it's 50-50, if not, you know, favoring a little bit more towards the bloodline. Do you think it's mostly bow hunters shooting the bloodline? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, We I just built a couple sets over actually the last couple weeks for some target bows, but I think that that's the... That's the bow hunter's material. Sure. Do you still see a lot of the target archers shooting the BCY or not trying the bloodline? Yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type mentality. But, yeah. I mean, everybody on the podium uh, of the highest level, they all shoot the 452X. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Sure. That's why it's been the staple for so long. Yeah. I want to touch on one thing. Um, the price isn't scary. No. It's not an unaffordable thing. So not having an entry-level thing, I don't want people to listen to this and be like, well, I'm not even going to get a look. He's talking about breaking the payments up. Yeah. It's not like it's unaffordable. It's a fair price. Yeah. They're, There's for, just one premium product. Correct. Yeah. So one, I'm, we'll call it one pre. and thanks for explaining that um, that way, but I want to say... Because there's there, BCY offers a couple different types of fiber, right? Bloodline offers a couple different types of fiber, and in our in our opinion, the 452X is a premium product, and then the separate product, which is Bloodline, is their premium product. So we're right. offering two premium products. But when you look at the cost of other strings out there, um, I mean, me and Chad were in here today. You know, there's some strings that are $230 a a set. Right, that that's wild. Ours are one thirty for the BCYs and one fifty for the Bloodline. Um, it's the same material. Yeah, so. right. Nothing, nothing else is being. And you have, I mean, you have like the top of the line equipment. Yeah. And you, uh, you're stretching them like the same way yep. as everyone else. Yep. So it all really comes down to attention to detail and the person behind it, because like you said, the material is. Um, no, you don't make the material. Hundred percent. So. I love them. I've been shooting them. I, um, I hunted in North Dakota in extreme hot temperatures, hunted in Kansas in less than ideal temperatures, <laughs> uh, also hot, and then just recently throughout December, yeah, in cold. Sn- snow, cold, and they've held up fantastic. Yeah, that's good to hear. I appreciate that. Through a lot of testing, sure. um, being an arrow manufacturer, shoot a lot of arrows, same set of strings all year. Yep. And uh, don't really need to replace them, but yeah. I probably will just because I'm that kind of guy. No, and that's and that's the right thing to do, right? We have a high efficiency product, right? If you had a Ferrari, you're not going to not change the oil, yeah. even if it, even if you only drove it ten times in a year. You know, you that's a that's a high efficiency vehicle. I'm going to change the oil once a year, regardless if it needs it or not. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm not going to take the chance on it. Yep, I'm the same way. Um, did you get to use your strings this year? Yeah. You did? I did. You did a little bow hunting? I did some bow hunting. I did some did some killing. Did you You did some killing? I killed something. Wow. <laughs> I did. Did you kill your biggest buck to date? Ever. It's wow. the first year. Normally I shoot, you know, I try to shoot a buck, but boy, when them does come out, I just can't I just can't resist. You're like uh Kid in a candy store. Yeah, I let it rip. Normally, I shoot three or four does a year. I three shot, or four. Yeah, we got four people in this house that eat a lot of meat. Huh. But this year, I haven't shot one doe. Wait a second. 
but I shot my largest buck to date. That's exciting. So let's talk about that. Oh, hold on. You haven't shot it, though. This year? Yeah. No, I shot at one. <laughs> oh. Um, I th- I feel like that's... I'm flabbergasted because that's like your thing. Yeah. I just can't... Cameron, I don't know what it is, man, but I just... When that when those does come out, even if I know that there's a possibility that a buck's going to come, just can't help it. I just uh, whack them things. That's exciting. <laughs> This is something we did not talk about on the previous podcast. Great. But because my story is going to get shorter, because my listeners have heard it, um, <laughs> before we talk about the buck you did kill, let's talk about the buck you didn't kill. Cameron, it's a, it's a personal story, but I would love to tell it. Well, it, there's a fascinating part of the story. <laughs> I, I don't like, I'm not a raccoon guy <laughs> at all. So... Long story short, how, no, how? Go ahead. Talk about the 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 um, the pattern. Yeah. Like so what you picked up. On yeah. The, so some something cool. For what do you think? First of all, that there was a very large deer that I was after. It had triple brow tines on on each side. It's a giant. Just a just an absolute giant. And I had two years of history with this deer, and. The weirdest thing was happening was every night there would be raccoons that came out and then this deer would come out after the raccoons. It almost was like the deer had the raccoons patterned and then boom, this deer would show up. So on my camera, if I saw the trail of raccoons coming out, that deer was coming too. That's um, bananas. Yeah, it was really cool. And it wasn't always like, they weren't like always following each other, but if I saw those group of raccoons, I would see that deer. That yeah. that deer would be in the frame somewhere. Sure. Um, so it was pretty cool. Um, but one night, I was out hunting, and this was, I think, two nights before I shot. I shot the buck that I shot. Oh, it was that. It was it was close. It was around that time. All it right. may have been within the week. Okay. Because I was already off work. I always take oh, the week yeah, of yeah, Halloween yeah. off, yeah. and. This, yeah, I think it was a couple days ahead of that. And um, so it's like getting close to last shooting minutes. And all of a sudden I look down and I see these raccoons coming at me. Now, that deer I was after, I have yet to see it, see him with my eyes. But he's on camera and he's very impressive. And all of a sudden I saw these raccoons um, starting to come out. And um, they're... Uh, they're kind of scattering and one's like coming right at my tree. And I, I started going like making a noise to try to scare them a little bit. Cause there was a, there was a ton of them and I don't know if it got spooked or what, but one started climbing up the tree <laughs> that I'm hanging at in my saddle. And I, this is like go time. You yeah. know, this is like my hands on my bow, on my release. I'm just waiting for this deer to show up. Is this because the timing or did you like, did you put process this in your head? Like those yes. coons are here. Yeah. Because it was He's got to be around. Yes. It was always last night. It was always like if I could shoot till 630 at about 615, every, the coon, raccoons would come out and then the deer would come out. So I don't really remember like exactly what time it was, but it was, it was dark enough where my hand was on my bow. My hand was on my release, and the after I made that noise, the one raccoon started to ascend <laughs> up my tree. So 
I can hear like his little feet digging into the bark. And I looked down and all I could think of like was what am I going to do? <laughs> like I have both hands occupied. So the only thing I thought was, and thank goodness I was in my saddle. I like leaned back a little bit on my saddle and I started kicking down at the raccoons <laughs> I or at the raccoon. I thought it would be enough um, to at least, Hey, look at me. You see me up here. I'm making some movement, run, get down and run away. Well, this thing made eye contact with me <laughs> and I'm just like frantically kicking now. Cause it, dude, I've never been that close to a raccoon. You and should. Nothing's coming in hot. Yeah, you shouldn't get that close. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I've seen so many movies with raccoons that just do some bad things to you. So now the the further it's coming, the faster I'm kicking my feet. <laughs> I'm just in a pure panic, and all of a sudden, it. I don't know if it just got close enough and it saw like my foot was getting closer to it, but it started to to get back down the tree and bail. And I like gathered myself for a second and took a deep breath and I looked up and that freaking hammer was staring right at me the whole time as I'm (laughs) kicking at this freaking stupid ass raccoon. And that deer saw me moving, saw me kicking and blew, turn around, went the other direction, never saw him again. So So you have not seen that deer again? Um, no. Wow. No, and I haven't heard of it getting killed. Um but I have uh, I got a camera that's dead there too. Oh, okay. so um, there are other bucks that I'm sure are still alive as well. But being that I have a two year history with him, if he makes it till next year, oh man, that's going to be the only deer I hunt. Um, I either screw it up or figure it out or figure him out or what. But he'll be an absolute giant. So you know everything happens for a reason. <laughs> you know, um, he would have been he would have been my my largest deer score wise for sure oh yeah um but man this this property has bucks on it but i just when i go to those properties i just that property i'd make mistake after mistake after mistake i've hit a tree limb there kind of an urban setting yeah 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 i've hit a tree limb there i've the wind is and this wasn't one wasn't my fault but you know i had a big a nice buck coming in behind this doe uh last year the wind shifted Right as she was coming in, she backpedaled, and then he turned around. Um, Chad claims there's no turkeys there, but oh, I've that's seen, where that yeah, happened. I've seen turkeys. This was probably 20 yards where Chad said there was no turkeys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just a if 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 you had to put like a blooper, real that's together a storytelling property for a hunting yeah. property, it would be that all of those things. But yeah, so definitely a new experience hunting, but. I have this new hatred for raccoons, though, now for sure. Yeah, that was, like, I was probably crying. Yeah, yeah. So was my so was my wife and my, my daughter and everybody else I told that story to because it's, you know, it's comical now. But in the moment, like, when I was done, I just put my head down, like, you got what 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 else could possibly happen that not, yeah, doesn't what allow are me the, to... Yeah, what are the chances a raccoon climbs my tree as this deer is coming in? I don't think... I think because it was the last raccoon, I don't think it was climbing up because it saw me or wanted to be aggressive. I think it heard a noise and they just started all scattering. Probably heard that deer coming. Yeah, or who knows. Yeah. And then happened to pick a tree and then locked eyes on me, you know, (laughs) after I started kicking at it. What a fascinating thing. So that was the low of the low, right? Yeah. That's the low. 
And as we all talk about deer hunting, it's a roller coaster. Oh, and yeah. what goes down also comes up. Yeah, and then sometimes it goes back down again. Yeah. And then it comes back up, hopefully. And that might be a little bit of how the season went for you. Yeah. October 31st was a pretty good night for you. Halloween? How, morning. Oh, yeah. Morning. Yep, it was. Let's, yeah, walk us through a little bit of um, how that went down. Like, so... I know a little bit of the story, and I know that you hunted with a friend for this. Yeah, and my talk- boy Chip. Yeah, so we talked about, um, the like, you like to shoot a lot of does. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you were going out to shoot a doe that day. Correct? Yeah, we were just going out to just, I, you know, me and Chip haven't hunted together, so we just went to go just go shoot some deer. And were you, maybe you didn't know this, or maybe um, subconsciously, were you using that as a way to like get your confidence back after that hunt, or was it just like that was already gone? Yeah, I need to. Um, there, there are times where you know bow hunting's hard, and it doesn't matter what you're hunting. If it's deer, if you're bow hunting with your for turkey, anything that you shoot with your bow is hard. And when there are things that you can't control, or the elements cause like that situation I just I just talked about, it it. It's very frustrating to me because oh, yeah. I know that I try to do everything in my power to make sure my bow's tuned, broadheads are right, their arrows are flying properly. Like I do it. And then when there's things that happen that I can't control like that, it's just so frustrating. To it's me. hard to let go of. So I was like, you know what? I got this week off. Anything can happen. It's the pre rut. Like, let's, go, let's just go shoot some does, have some fun. Yeah. You know, like I needed to have fun again for a minute. And that was the whole point of, of going out. Um, so, and but, Chip's like the the guy. Man. Yeah, he, he if you want to like, he's always on deer. Always, always on deer. He's always in a good mood. He's like everybody needs somebody like him in their group, right? Yeah. Somebody to stay positive. I learned so much during those two days that hunt with him that um, that I'll I'll probably use the rest of my my hunting career, um, if you want to call it a career or journey. Um, but a lot happened those two days that I don't think if he was there, I don't think that I would have ended up recovering that deer. Well, let's talk about it. So yeah. uh, a little foreshadowing there, but yeah, let, yeah let's talk about what happened. We'll yeah. About so, so I'll try to summarize it as, as much as I can, um, without spending three hours explaining this, but it was a two day ordeal. So day one, um, we're sitting in a horse trailer. All right. Now this horse trailer has, um, it's a single, I guess it's a single horse horse trailer. Uh, so it's not very big, but there's two chairs in there, ply boards down. Um, and, uh, it's probably about nine 30 quarter to 10. And we hadn't even seen a doe and it got cold. Um, yeah, we had so we, snow, right? well, it snowed that night, okay. the next night. Okay. Um, so we haven't seen a doe, nothing. And we're just like, you know, we're laughing, we're having a good time. And if you ever hunted with one of your buddies in a blind, um, you're going to laugh and have a good time because you can move a little bit. You don't, you know, it. it's, I just thoroughly enjoy it. So I didn't really care if we saw a deer or not, but um, we gave ourselves about another 15 minutes. Like, oh, just give myself another 15 minutes. And I'll tell you what, every time I've ever said that, I feel like I've seen a deer. So none other, I just figured, hey, maybe a doe will come out. But dude, at our 12 o'clock position, this hammer comes it's coming right at us right over the hill. And the first thing I saw was how wide this rack was. And it ended up being, I think, 25 and a half 25 inches. 25 and a half. Tip to tip spread. Um, 
So that was the first time I've ever seen a deer that wide with my own eyes in the woods. But dude, something happened and I was like, cool, calm, collected. In my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this thing if I can. So um I'm like staring at it in awe. And Chip's like, grab your bow. <laughs> and I, I was just like, oh, I was just like mesmerized by this deer. So I grabbed my bow and start we're starting to range it or whatever. And the most perfect shot opportunity happens. He gets to 23 yards perfectly broadside. The shot that I practice every single day of my life in my backyard, right? Should happen. It should be no problem. So got my bow. I'm waiting for him to, to he's quarter to me a little bit, but I'm just, he's starting to, he's going to turn broadside because he's going to go into this, these woods next to us. So as I start to pull my bow back, I had a rookie mistake and didn't pull my bow back when we sat down, didn't even think about it with a friend, just laughing it up. Just didn't think about it. I got sidetracked. Always pull your bow back. So I go to pull my bow back and that my front stabilizer slams the loudest noise ever in the woods against the horse trailer. Now, I was, like I said, cool, calm, and collected until that noise happened. But once that noise happened, dude, I don't even remember if I was anchored. But I could tell you I fell apart. And at 23 yards, I shot the deer in the guts and out the back left leg. And... (sighs) It was, I instantly was like, I cannot believe that just happened. And where I was sitting, I couldn't see the deer anymore, but Chip could. And he goes, hey, he's still right outside over here, probably like 20 yards. And I'm like, well, let's knock an arrow. Let's get out there and let me just put another shot on him. So we get out of the horse trailer. We start to walk around it to get a shot. We didn't know there was another deer back there. Mm. So... Now both deer start taking off in the woods. Now, I was shooting a two-inch. I tried that beast broadhead. So it's a two-inch two inch mechanical. So I know I got a full pass-through. So I know... And a big cut. A big cut with guts hanging out and out of the back leg. So as the deer goes through the woods, we check for a blood trail. And I got, I got some decent blood. So I think that that's step one of probably what saved me is a big cut like that, right? And his back leg was not operating as it should. So we go back to the house and we're, we're having the conversation of like, what do we, what do we do? And what uh, what time was it? This was probably now 10 o'clock. Okay. Maybe 1030, something like that. Um, so we start calling some people asking some advice and every single person we called said, the guts are hanging out of that deer. It's a dead deer. Now, overnight, we were supposed to have the largest temperature drop and get snow. Mm-hmm. So in everybody's opinion, including mine, that's a dead deer. Yeah. Right? So I end up uh, heading home, and uh, I'm just, you know, I can't stop thinking about this. You know, I should have already had my hands wrapped around that deer. We should have been celebrating its life. And I I messed up, you know? So... Next day, uh, or excuse me, that night, I told my wife, you know, about everything that happened. And I'm like, I want my I want my daughter to stay home from school and celebrate this deer with me in the morning. Because I figured we'd walk right up on him and he'd be dead. Yeah. So yeah, gut, gut shots are, it's 100% just when, lethal. Just when they're going to yeah, die. Yeah, it's just right? 100% lethal. The question becomes, when are they going to die? Yeah. And are you going to find it? Yeah. And we gave him 24 hours. Now... 
when, which I think was the best thing we could have done was give them a full day. Plus the weather condition that was happening. Plus the snow that was happening. Plus right. for him to exit those woods, he would have had to go at the, the hunting area was like a bowl. So he would have had to cross this little Creek and go straight up the hill with his back left leg. He was in the condition. I don't think he was going to do that. So we were just going to wait him out. Did you, so. did it ever cross your mind? You're like, man, we're about to get snow. I'm not going to have a blood trip. Like, were you nervous I didn't, about that? I didn't know it was going to snow. So I oh. said, thank goodness we don't have snow on the ground. Like, or thank goodness it's not going to snow because yeah. there was no snow in the forecast. Or thank goodness there's no, yeah, so we'll have a blood trail. Yeah. So I woke up first thing in the morning with my daughter. We get ready. I look outside and there's freaking snow on the ground. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Now, how, what are we going to do? I have no idea where this deer is. We were going to follow the blood that's now on top of the snow yeah. or underneath the snow. Yeah. So we get to the property, and the plan was, hey, we're just going to grid and search 30 yards apart and can only go so far. So as we start walking through the woods, um, my buddy Chip goes, hey, that deer's right there. He goes, Bella's about to step on him. So the deer gets up, and he starts taking off towards the end of the property. That deer was heading towards the other end of the property and must have turned around and came back and ended up bedding like 40 yards from where he got shot. Oh, my God. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. So now we're just standing there watching that deer take off. So here's another, like, what are we going to do moment? Yeah. So Chip has the idea. He goes, hey, let's take a ride around the block real quick and let's check for prints to see if that deer crossed the road yeah you have snow we have snow now so although i was mad that we got snow this was probably the only reason why we found the deer is because we got snow Mm -hmm. so it's funny how things work out like that so we take a ride around the block and um we get out and there's no prints no deer prints crossing the road so we know that deer is still in that block of woods now thank goodness this is where you know chip being from uh, Pennsylvania and doing deer drives a lot, this is where his knowledge came into play and caused us to recover the deer. So um, we're looking on Onyx and we figure uh, we're looking on a map and figure out that uh, there's probably a hundred yard block of cattails in the shape of a rectangle. So it looks like a football field. So imagine um, we would be down on the bottom left Chip goes, hey, drop me off at the top, which would be the top right, and I'm just going to walk through. So we drop Chip off on the road, and we, you know, he goes, hey, give us a te- give me a text when you're set up, and I'll start walking through this thing. So we drive the truck back. We start, me and my daughter start hauling ass. Now, she hunted with me when she was younger. But she had no idea what a kind of experience she was in. And the only her thing her job was to do was to just tap the rangefinder and tell me how far it is. So we get to the, the bottom left of the cattails, and I'm texting Chip, hey, um, we're set up. So a couple minutes later, I start hearing my phone go off in my pocket, but I'm not about to put my bow down in the event that he starts running out of this thing. But it's Chip telling me, hey, I just bumped him. He's coming to you. So I think I hear something behind me. So I turn around and look. And as soon as I look behind me, my daughter goes, hey, he's coming. And I look and man, those familiar sight of those antlers are coming right at us. So we're both behind like basketball side trees and right next to me. So. So is he is he coming head on? Head on. Head on. No, he is coming head on. 
but perp- perp- perpendicular to me is a tree laying down that butts up against this creek. Okay. So he's running between the cattails and between the creek. So I hurry. I said, Bella, hey, how far is it to the creek? She said, it's 36 yards. So I know that worst case, it's a 36-yard shot. And with that tree laying down, he's going to have to jump over the tree. So as he's coming in, she's going like 72, 61, 50. It's getting close. So I said, Bella, as soon as he jumps over this tree, I need you to be on him. I'm going to stop him, and you got to tell me how far it is. So I left my pin. I think I rolled my pin down to 25 because it almost like split the difference. And as soon as he got to that tree, like I could see he had to make a decision. So he stopped for a quick second because, again, his legs jacked up, you know. So he jumps over the tree, and I went, and I heard her yell 13 and put it on him. And uh, double lung, uh, he, he ended up running actually into the creek, which was probably like 25, maybe. It was like, well, he ran like diagonally, so it was probably still another 30 yards. And then, uh, yeah, died right there. So me and my daughter were jumping up and down. I ended up hitting my knees. You know, Chip came in. We all were hugging and jumping up and down. It was a wild up, down, up, down type of hunt, man. But we finished it the way we should. That deer will be celebrated for years to come. And it's a story I know my daughter and I will never forget. Uh, yeah. It was it was pretty wild, man. What a warrior of a deer, too. Yeah. I mean, they're like, so, they're yeah. so dang tough, man. That had to be close to 25, 26, 27 hours post-shot. He's still running In the around gut. Yep. with guts hanging out. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. Um, second arrow he turned broadside then um yeah he was broadside because how he was coming straight at me and i had turned um so i was so i would have a broadside shot as he jumped over the log and then you used a different broadhead on the second shot i did yeah so i've shot all year um i i always shoot iron will i think it's a good head um but i wanted to try the grizzly stick this year and um, the silver flame the silver flame yeah that's what i had loaded in the quiver but when those beast broadheads came out, I was like, you know what? When I Again, I didn't know what we were going to hunt. So I was like, I'll try it on a doe. I haven't shot a mechanical in years. Um, but the rest of the quiver was full of the grizzly sticks. And, man, that thing, that was the first time I ever shooting a grizzly stick. And that thing just zipped right through there. It almost seemed like no, there was no hesitation. There was not, it thing just butter. Yeah, that's a, that's a slick head. Yeah, they're sweet. Yeah, I remember They're sweet. when uh, I went to the Great American Outdoor Show and went and talked to the guys from Whitetail Adrenaline, and that's what they all shoot. Yeah. And I I think the guys that he has set up with a compound, he shoots the, he has them in the 125 Silver Flame, and I bought some too. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're like pretty big heads. They like fly the, great though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The aspect ratio is like a large yep. fixed blade broadhead. It's vented. But they do fly really well. Yeah. When I got them and I saw the, you know, the anything that has a vent to it, I get a little nervous about because I don't know if this thing's going to whistle and scream when I shoot it. And mm-hmm. um, it was it was fairly quiet. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to shoot this this year. So you shoot the deer. He goes into the creek. I know you and you don't wear rubber boots. No. What was that recovery like? Yeah. So I actually still have it on video. Um, we walked up and... Uh, the deer was, yeah, still in the creek. And I'm looking, I'm like, man, that thing is really deep. And luckily, my daughter, the only boots she had was muck boots. Um, and Chip had boots on. So I was like, hey, 
you guys are going to have to go in there and get this one. <laughs> uh, so both of them went in. I got a nice video of them two both uh, pulling the deer out. 20-some uh, degrees. Yeah, it was cold. 20-some <laughs> degrees. Yeah, 20-some degrees in a creek. And uh, it was a nice four-wheeler ride back. And, uh, yeah, man, it couldn't couldn't have been better. I mean, my my daughter, I think she had such an adrenaline dump. She, I remember her saying so many times, like, this is so awesome, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then on the way home, she was calling all of her friends and telling them the story. And I know, uh, you know, her she's in a wood shop and her, her wood shop teacher is a hunter and she was telling him the story, but yeah, she got, she called like three or four friends on the way home and then she passed out. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could just tell like that adrenaline dump was just high, low, high, low. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was amazing. I mean, what a rodeo. That's not like a typical, even in a recovery that you like, you have to wait till the next day. That doesn't happen. Yeah. And then get a, then get the follow up shot. Yeah, you know? when the deer's coming at you. Yeah. Usually they're running away from you. Yeah, never had that scenario happen. I, I'm proud of myself how I handled it because um, I could have I could have screwed that shot up too, you know? But that, I would be more worked up in that scenario. That was the first time I ever shot a deer not out of a ground blind on the ground. Oh, dude, that's... Like just out in the middle of no... Like, it was wild. Yeah. You ever watch... Uh, you might not have, but I'm sure someone listening has watched Roger Ragland's videos. Mm-mm. And um, he hunted a lot of high fence and stuff, so he could do crazy things. Yeah. And he would hide behind, like, basketball-sized trees and smaller, and he would rattle or something. He'd look at the camera, like, here he comes. And he's, like, <laughs> just standing behind a tree in a flannel. No big deal. And the deer walks out and he shoots it. And it's like, when you have the idea of hunting on the ground, cover is your number one. Yeah. You need cover. Yeah. And that's, like, I don't know. That just doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I'm sure that deer was very surprised when I stopped it, and he saw both oh of us standing God. there. Well, I'm glad that all happened. Um, big deer, like it's an eight point. Yeah, twenty five and a half freaking inches wide. Yeah, it's just a outstanding animal. Yeah, it was uh, very very proud of it. Um, I'm I'm almost like more proud of the story, and I'm I'm so proud that I get to I got to share it with a friend, and I got to share it with my daughter. I think that was. I would have been, I mean, the, the antlers were the icing on the cake, you know, oh, yeah. but I think that the, the way it happened, how it happened, um, not giving up, getting super aggressive. And that's some of the stuff that, you know, some of the things that, and, and, you know, the drive and stuff like that was Chip's idea. And now, you know, if it was me, I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have done it. You know, what do you would, think you would have done? I think I would have tr- hoped that I would have hoped in my mind that that deer I would have found it dead the next day maybe just to or, let it expire yeah um, which it probably would have it probably would have and you know I hate to say it but maybe if it was a doe maybe I would have you know let it but um, he's like how how no we're gonna stay at this deer we're gonna kill this deer today yeah and after he had that attitude I'm like you know what let's yeah let's go kill the freaking deer today yeah and. Uh, that that aggressiveness, especially when there's a deer like that, it's about to be rut. You gotta you gotta go for the hell Mary, you may never see that deer again. You yeah, know? if he had enough in him to jump that tree mm-hmm. to like to do all that, like yeah. who knows? Yep. Who really does know? I mean, um, obviously we don't know what the deer was feeling. He when they get hit in the guts, they get sick. Yeah. You had the right what I don't know what I I don't know what I would have done sure. to be honest. I don't know if I would have been like, well, let's try to get another shot on him. I probably would not have went into the scenario like on the track the next day prepped. 
to like, I need to shoot this deer again. Yeah. I would have been walking in like, he's going to be here dead. I almost didn't bring my bow. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I probably would have been in the same scenario. I'm like, well, you're going to find him. Yeah. Like you watched the guts, like he's got to be here. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I remember talking to you a little bit after and, uh, it was later in that evening and you had told me that you shot one and you're going to wait. And I was like, where'd you hit it? And you're like, it's a gut shot. I was like, oh, just give him time. Yeah. You know, same response. 99%, actually 100% of the people, it's a dead deer. It's yeah. just when it's going to die. It's a dead deer. It could be die of infection. It could like, you're not going to live. A deer can't live with his guts just hanging out. You know, it's going to eventually die. But the um, scariest part about waiting is like, do predators get on it? Yeah. Do coyotes get on it? Run it across the. That was in my mind. I thought for sure. Like I thought when we found it, it was gonna be because of the coyotes. Yeah. Um, which, thankfully, they weren't. We got to enjoy several meals meals now because of him. So it was it was incredible. Yeah. Congratulations. On Thank that. you, man. What a what a Appreciate story. It. What a rebound. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I had a rough last year, just you know, with a miss and um, the raccoons <laughs> and. Uh, this scenario, so it was it was good. I was due, and I'm sure this is something we didn't talk about on the previous recording. But I'm sure being and I just I know this happens. Being an outdoor industry manufacturer, a bowstring manufacturer, mm-hmm. there's pressure to kill deer. Yeah, whether you want to say nah, there's not or whatever. It weighs on you. At least it does me. Yeah. Like, I'm the Exodus arrow guy. Yeah. Quote, unquote. You're the expert, right? And I'm not killing deer. So why would anyone listen to me or whatever? Like, ever, most of your customers are people that are going to put these strings on your bow to kill a deer. Yep. So if the guy building them is not killing deer, why would I use the string? Sure. There's almost like the, the thought, pro- like, that's how I think about stuff. So I'm sure there was a lot weighing on you to be like, I need to there prove was, myself. There were so many things. And it's like, I just, every decision that I was going to make, I would second guess it, you know? Or, man, that's not that's not the right thing to do. But that whole, you got to go with your gut thing, man, just so true, you know? I knew yeah. to leave that deer. I, I needed to ask 30 people what they <laughs> thought, but I knew I needed to leave that deer there. Yeah. And I it's like I was waiting to hear a different answer or something. I don't, I don't really know, but... Um, like hoping someone to tell you to go get it. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, all right, yeah, that's what I want to do anyways. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to get in there and get that freaking deer. Yeah. So, but well, it, yeah, it ended, it ended the way it was, it was supposed to, uh, in the beginning. So yeah. I'm glad, but I'll tell you what, now that, now that I've saw a deer of that caliber, I, I wonder if I'm going to be cool, calm, collected. Cause normally when a buck comes in, I fall apart, dude. I know you're, you get excited after the shot. I'm during. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, freaking can't sit still nothing you do that so, with the doe yeah i do if i know i'm gonna shoot the deer i just get so excited i wonder um i wonder at what point i don't man i don't know if that ever stops but i wonder if i hope not man i think if it does you need to quit doing it but i, I wonder if like what happened I don't know. I wonder if, like, you kill so many deer of a certain caliber or if, like, that's why that progression happens because you don't get excited anymore or, or what? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that I think that, that that feeling is just something, like, primal about us, yeah. you know? Um, 
I've talked to people who, like some of the guys who, okay, so prime example, like uh, Billy um, Phillips, who does yeah. a lot of um, hunting in Washington, D.C. You know, he hunts, I think he said 200 days a year or something like that. Um, and he said that uh, you can imagine how many deer he shoots. You know, there's no tag limit. There's does everywhere, um, bucks everywhere. And every deer is the same thing. He says, just like starting, it's like going on your first hunt all over again. So I, I, I hope that that doesn't, I hope that never happens for me. But if it does, I don't know. It's going to be a crappy day. It won't happen. You're going to go. We'll see. I mean, but so why haven't you hunted since? Um, I got a little lazy, you know, uh, I've always, um, how should I put it? Uh, so I, I hunt. I, I like to I like to shoot does for the meat. Obviously, I I would shoot a buck every year if I could. Um, but this is like the first year that I've shot the like a buck that I'm just so excited for, so happy for, so proud of that. Um, and then the holidays came. Uh, we got so busy with orders that normally that extra gear that I have to get out there and try to kill a buck is gone because. I shot the buck, yeah. you know, and earlier than what I anticipated shooting. Normally, you know, I'm still out in January hunting a buck. I, I love hunting late season for bucks. I think it's, you know, we're fortunate here being able to bait. It gets cold. Food gets less. They're more patternable. Um, but I didn't have to do that this year. I think you're lucky that you didn't have to do that this year because this late season kind of sucks. Well, this weather we're having right now really sucks for hunting. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, that, I like, 40-degree mark sucks. Yeah. Like, it's either get real cold and snow, or let's be done with it and move on to spring. Yeah, let's know? go turkey hunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I I feel for people that still have a tag. I got lucky and filled mine December 20th. We had three inches of snow or something on the ground. Yeah. And, like, that was the late season time, you know? Like, that was the... If you had it, if you had a tag, that was a really great opportunity, a really great time for it. I think we're going to get that again. This week, this coming week? This Saturday, we're supposed to, yeah. Saturday into Sunday, we're supposed to get a storm. And but they say it might miss us. Yeah, oh, in the next week, too? Yeah, next week. I'm I'm seeing like an inch for this weekend. Got but it. Next week, like Wednesday, Thursday, maybe one to three. And then over the weekend, more snow. Good. Supposedly. So if you still have a tag, stay at it. Yeah. I mean, that's that, yeah, you're coming out of the wire. That's when you throw the Hail Marys and have some fun, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, because the weather is has been bad, if you've been smart about it and stayed out, like the deer are going to be less pressure on them. Yep. Ruts over, they're winding down, they're kind of just chilling. Yeah. You know? And I'll tell you what, this time of the year too, there's only a certain breed of hunters that are still hunting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the hunters are still hunting right now. Yeah. The Not people many that, people are. The people that didn't fill their tag in the rut or gun season yeah. Well, there's always next year. Yeah, I think muzzleloader comes in right now, right? It's this coming weekend. This coming weekend, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I feel like, and this is no dig to anybody, because obviously there's different priorities in everybody's life, but I feel like there's hunters that if they don't fill a tag, they're going to be hunting till the last day. Mm-hmm. And then the, regardless of the weather, and then there are some that, you know, hey, they hunt the runt, they hunt gun season, and that's all they, you know, they that's all they hunt. doesn't mean yeah. they're not a hunter, it's just a... Different There's different strokes. level of commitment, right? Yeah. Different strokes for different yeah. folks. Yeah, and that's okay, too. Yeah, we need those people, too. Yeah, stay out of the woods. Yeah. For the late season. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, 
you have a call in eight minutes. Yep. So we're, we'll cut it a little shorter. But um, any gear that you use this year. Oh, yeah. That you were like, I love this. I'm going to keep this. Or anything that you were like, we'll start there. Anything that you changed to this year that you're like, this is the ticket. Two things. And this is going to sound like. This is going to sound like I'm a poster boy because it's the same product. It's the same manufacturer, but um, the Lockdown Saddle. Um, tethered. Tethered. Uh, fantastic. I love that there's that the bottom of the saddle you can stretch out almost like a two panel. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that there's integrated um, shoulder straps and pockets. It sucked having a flimsy pocket trying to put your ropes back in there all the time. Yeah, a lot of the dump pouches designs suck. For the birds. Yeah. Um, And then number two, uh, their fast pack was fantastic. I think they did so good with that pack. I love the the spine that's in there. Um, I love how it opens and you can hang. Um, Those were really the two this year that I added. Everything else really stayed the same. Um, I'm I'm getting my setup to the point where it's not going to get much better than what it is now unless there's some groundbreaking product that comes out. But that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, because that that allows you to be more efficient with what you already have. You don't have to yep. try new things. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. A lot of things, you? a lot of things stayed the same. A lot of micro changes. The biggest change, the fast pack. Yeah, I mean, legit, really sweet. Actually, um, another uh, thing that I played around with was the Timber Ninja Ultimate Saddle. Oh, how'd you like that? I liked it a lot. Did you? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I've always liked my um, Latitude Method 2. Big fan of that yeah. saddle. I mean, it's like my bread and butter. It's what I used for like the last few seasons. I had the idea in my head, like I bought a farm. Sure. And I need something. I don't want to hunt out of a tree stand. I just don't. It's just not who I am. You're going to hang a bunch of platforms up? I think so. Yeah, good call. But in the event that I don't, and I still want to be mobile on private. Yeah. In the early season, or even in the late season where I don't have a far walk, I don't want to take a pack just to carry my sticks because that's what I would do in the past. I ran the Sitka tool belt, and I would only take it as my way to transport my sticks. Yeah. And I was like, man, that Timber Ninja Ultimate Saddle has a way to carry your sticks right on, there. on the saddle. Mm-hmm. You got a pair of suspenders to it, and it was legit. Good. I, I liked it a lot. That's what I shot my buck out of. That's sweet. Um, big fan of that. And then the the Latitude Carbon Speed Series climbing sticks. Yeah. Really sweet. They really uh, sweet. There's great design. They yeah. stack. It looks like they stack really good, too. They're light. They're quiet. They're you a different kind together. of noise. Yeah, bang them together almost sounds like an antler. Yeah. It's, it, uh, in my opinion, you still have to stealth strip them. Yeah. Um, But the price, man, the price point is like... Why would you buy anything else? Affordable, right? In that price point, why would you buy anything else? Yeah. In my opinion, um, best weight ratio, best best price to weight ratio available. Yeah, they had to have been slammed with orders when those things started hitting. Yeah, I mean, you could see it on social. They were kind of getting backed up and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But when you have a good product, yeah. it's going to happen. Best problem to have, I guess, as a company, right? Yeah. So I was a big fan of those. I like the way they... I like the attachment method. I love the tethered one stick attachment yeah. method, so that it's similar, and I like that a lot. I bought a bunch of um, Skeletors to. That's what I leave on my preset pre-hung sets. Yeah. Um, 
They did. They do really good too. Those things bite nice so well, and for the cost of those too, huge upgrade over the product that it's kind of modeled after yeah. the Hawk Helium sticks. Yeah. Huge upgrade. Yeah, not even in the same ballpark. Yeah. Um, I didn't change my platform, Latitude X-Wing platform. Yep. Freaking love that thing. Yeah. 100 all-day sits out of it. I mean, um, I have small feet anyway. So sure. I don't need a big platform. Love it. The one other thing, I did run um, the Osseo Camo this year. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was really impressed with that, too. I He's got a really good bib, really good vest. Um, I wore it during turkey season as well. The only thing is I, I love wearing hoodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm not as restricted. Mm-hmm. I can move better. I don't like messing with a collar. Compared Collars, to a jacket. Yeah, to a jacket. Collars just piss me off. Um, nobody can get it right. The um, 2.0. Do you have the 2.0? I do Osseo? have the jacket. The, you still uh, don't like Osseo? the Osseo? Yeah. I just won't wear it. I bought it. You um, still don't like the collar on that? That's I haven't like even put it on. Oh. So he designed that collar. It's the bow hunter's collar. Oh, nice. It's cut down in the front. Yeah. So maybe that's the answer for you. Maybe that's the ticket. I just don't want to zip. Like, yeah. I don't want it. Uh, I don't know. I always wear, you know, some base layers, a hoodie, and then I threw on their 2.0 vest, their, or their heavy heavy vest, and uh, that was enough. Yep. So that did really good. I was really impressed by it. So hopefully they come out with a – hopefully if you're listening to this, Joe, come out with a heavyweight hoodie. It'd be, be great. I wouldn't be surprised if it was in the works. That guy is putting out new stuff every year. Yeah. I wore their base layers a lot this year, the new synthetic base layer. Mm-hmm. It's like a merino blend. Loved it. Um, Not bad, huh? Yeah, they're just he's just easy to get behind. Yeah. He's such a great guy. Yep. The products like it's good, you know. Um yeah. I wore some Osseo this year as well and loved it. I wore natural gear this year, loved it. First light, loved it. Yeah. I wear it all. I'm, I'm like a camo whore. Yeah. That's a good thing. Found a nice pair of gloves I like too this year. What are those? They're New Balance. New Balance. <laughs> God. I swear to God. You wear those with jean shorts and yeah, high high weight socks. Yeah, yeah, but they have they fit my hands perfect. I don't have big hands. So they fit my hands perfect, and they have good grip on the whole inside of your hand. So from your bow to your release, because before I would shoot the first light without any fingers. Yeah, I you know if it gets cold, I'll use them. But these gloves are thin, but keeps your hands out of the elements. Still has nice grip on them for your bow, so they yeah. did good. Very cool. Well, Tony, for those who want to talk more, um, those people that want to go see the buck that you shot or someone that wants to order some uh, bowstrings, where can they find you? Yeah, so any social media outlet at Drawn Archery, and then our website is drawnarchery.co. Um, but shoot, shoot us a message. If you have questions, give us a call. Um, my number's on there as well uh, on the website. Just You're getting me every time. Shoot me a text if you if it's better to reach you that way. And uh, you know, again, thank you everybody for uh, supporting us in the 2023 year. We're really really excited with what's going to happen here in 24. And uh, you know, we really appreciate uh, you know all your listeners who've supported us the whole way through. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining me. You got an important call to make, and we'll talk to you maybe in a year or two. Talk to you soon, buddy. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>